A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents... The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to (laughs) pretend that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. When a big reveal is done in pro wrestling, there's really nothing quite like it. Of course, it's always a risk building up such anticipation. Even Tony Khan has had to learn that one the hard way. But if the execution is excellent enough, the rewards are more than worth it. Throw in a heel turner, who done it, or even a who is it along the way, and you might just make an historic moment too. I'm Adam Nicholas, this is What Culture Wrestling, and these are the nine best meet the real villain moments in wrestling history. Number 9. Rikishi running down Steve Austin was Triple H's master plan. It was impossible to escape the this is the real quiz energy around Triple H's joining up with Rikishi in 2000 as a heel unit with desires on destroying Stone Cold Steve Austin. But it speaks to the game's popularity and skill levels at the time that the majority of the audience accepted it as a pretty cool swerve. On television, and despite significant motivation, Hunter had been ruled out of the hit and run from the very off. But when the Rikishi reveal hit the skids, the year's best heel was drafted in to be the mastermind rather than the pip. Now that the story was between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H, Austin himself seemed more invested. The feud with the former head shrinker had been painfully one-sided because the rattlesnake clearly didn't have much time for the concept or the supposed threat his opponent presented. Number 8. Brody Lee is the Dark Order's exalted one. Far from scanning as a desperate attempt to fix something that seemed irreversibly broken, the late great Brody Lee's reveal as the Dark Order's leader was strong enough that it almost waved away months of risable plotting around the beleaguered entity. Lee felt like a big deal, having shouldered some rough years in WWE, and though he never got the crowd responses he richly deserved due to the pandemic, his legacy was forever assured by the transformative impact he had. A dominant and dangerous heel atop the group made them a dominant and dangerous heel group overnight. As the exalted one, his Vince McMahon impersonation morphed into something altogether purer on being the elite, resulting in the rest of the Dark Order getting over as supremely sympathetic babyfaces in the shadow of their evil heel leader. And it's in Lee's shadow that the group will always remain, but there's presumably nowhere else they'd rather be. Number 7. Bully Ray was behind Aces and Eights. Even TNA thought the story convoluted enough that the next episode of Impact after the reveal was dedicated to a serialised account of how Bully Ray managed to pull off such a grand hoax, but it was still one of the stronger twists the company ever orchestrated. A month-long swindle saw Lost in the Shuffle heel Ray go from top title outside bet to Hulk Hogan's babyface son-in-law and finally 
TNA World Heavyweight Champion, all thanks to a storyline that was far greater than the sum of its individually analysed parts. Nonetheless, what TNA did most successfully was round the edges off nine months of television in order to present a strong pay-per-view payoff. World Champion Bully Ray didn't change the industry any more than Aces and Ace lifted episodes of Impact from ratings oblivion, but the group served at the very least to heal the shattered perception of a long-thought dead brand. Number six, Don Callis is the invisible hand on Kenny Omega's shoulder. After Kenny Omega and Hangman Page were defeated by FTR at All Out 2020, the best bout machine was followed out of the building by cameras trying to pick up exactly what was next for the AW EVP. He just cruelly let his partner hit the deck when asking to be held up, so that side of things was abundantly clear. After ranting at the Young Bucks and drawing a line in the sand that wouldn't be blurred for months to come, Omega got in a car and left with veiled references to fresh starts. His grand plan started to take shape from then, but the stench coming from that carny piece of sh- Don Callis was anything but fresh. Presented in plain sight at full year 2020 to commentate on Omega's win over Page in a tournament final that determined the number one contender as John Moxley's AEW Championship, Callis was deemed a cheerleading special guest and nothing more. As was the case when he sat in the same spot for AEW's Winter is Coming special a few months later. There, he helped Kenny Omega cheat to defeat John Moxley, revealing himself as the invisible hand that worked in the background to cynically put his favourite wrestler back on top. Number 5. Sting's Friend Turns on Sting Number 23,084 Yes, alright, you get the joke. This has happened quite a few times, but this was the best one. Ahead of WCW's October showcase, Ric Flair and Arn Anderson had uncharacteristically been at each other's throats, to the point where Flair reached out to his longtime rival for help because he was the only one that could. Sting threatened and warned and promised that Flair was done for if he yet again betrayed his trust, but of course, the dirtiest player in the game did it anyway. After Sting had worked the bulk of a tag match against Arn Anderson and Brian Pillman, Flair arrived for the hot tag, then pivoted his hips and absolutely decked the WCW icon. The horsemen were reborn, and not for the first time, they had made Sting their first victim. Number 4. Shawn Michaels Goes Corporate It wasn't built to last and it wasn't even really built, truth be told, but Shawn Michaels' brief alliance with the corporation was the spark that lit a fuse WWE needed to carry the company through 1998's winter months without such heavy reliance on Stone Cold Steve Austin. With the McMahons on top of the world after Survivor Series 98, Austin was moved into a program with The Undertaker to distract him from kicking the crap out of The Rock. The corporation had made a new enemy in the form of Mankind though, and he had unlikely allies in the form of D-Generation X after HBK stepped across the divide in violent fashion. Michaels looked like a foolish choice at first, but the McMahons had spent big on the mind rather than the broken body of the former WWE Champion. Revealing him out of nowhere as an edgier replacement for Sergeant Slaughter as the company's commissioner, he swerved his old pal by smashing X-Pac with a steel chair during a title match against The Rock. The fix was in, and so too was the heartbreak kid, even if he'd be out of the stable less than two months later. Number three, Hulk Hogan is the third man. The potentially disastrous nature of Bobby Heenan's but whose side is he on call as Hulk Hogan arrived at the end of WCW's legendary Bash at the Beach 1996 main event has always been grossly overstated. As noted elsewhere over the years, it was fairly in keeping with the brain's lifetime hatred of the Hulkster for one, but as well, Eric Bischoff later revealed that only a very select few were in on the deal in the first place. Heenan was forced to work on the fly and stayed true to himself. Keeping the talent in the dark can generate issues such as these, but maybe on this singular occasion, his secret was probably worth keeping. There were a million cool things about the shockwave caused by Scott Hall and Kevin Nash's arrivals, 
and millions more fans that suddenly wanted to see it for themselves, but nobody ever stopped to consider the enormous numerical disadvantage they had for so long. It was two, and then with Hogan three, versus the world, but the world still felt disadvantaged because the angle was so good. Number two, Eric Bischoff joins the New World Order. The cool thing about Eric Bischoff being revealed as a member of the NWO in November 1996 was that the story could believably be told two separate ways. It was presented as a shocking turn brought about by Roddy Piper forcing the group's hand. He was too tough and indignant to allow audiences to believe it was down to him that a Starcade 96 match against Hulk Hogan wasn't happening. As WCW head honcho, Bischoff had blamed him for stalling thanks to his in with Hogan, and in that, for all intents and purposes, could have been recently established. However, WCW had planted seeds about his involvement for the longest time. Ted DiBiase was of course the financial backer, but how were the guys constantly getting access? In one reality, Bischoff really did hop aboard the bandwagon just weeks before the world saw it for themselves. And in another equal one, he made the choice to join them rather than beat them as soon as he woke up from a brutal Kevin Nash Great American Bash Jack knife back in June. And number one, The Rock and the McMahons play a deadly game. So much more than The Rock simply selling out to the new heel stable to accelerate his rise to the top, though it was indeed that. So much more than the McMahon family abusing mankind's trust and love for months to set him up as a fall guy, though it was that too. So much more than Vince and Shane faking a father-son split in front of the world alongside carefully creating an entire single elimination tournament that they could rig in plain sight, though it was that as well. It was all of these things and more because McMahon had to go to these extreme lengths to categorically and conclusively stop Stone Cold Steve Austin from ever becoming WWE Champion again. Survivor Series 1998 remains a masterpiece to this day and one of the only times the work of Vince Russo will almost universally be described as such. Free from plot holes, logic leaps and illogical twists despite the complex machinations, this is the peak of that form and one of the low-key peaks of the entire era. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.